Hello, hello, my dear audience. I'm Peter Resnick, and welcome to the Dr. Peter Resnick's toolbox. It seems that we are really back to normal, or almost normal. There are a few things still to be corrected. Uh, for some reason, I do not hear my music uh, before the and after the show, but still uh, I'm able to receive your calls, and that's wonderful, and hopefully soon the rest will be corrected. By the way, the music that you heard um, in the beginning of my show, you remember like, ta-ta-ta, sounds kind of a little bit weird, but many, many years ago, uh, I listened to a lecture uh, by a physicist, and he actually said, he sang this uh, melody, and he said that there is a sound that is permeating through through universe, through space, and it goes E C D E C D. So I <clears throat> I recorded this sound uh, when I was creating my first CD in 2001 called uh, "Staying Healthy in a Stressful World," and now in the background there was this music. Um, and that's why I chose it to be played in the beginning of this show, kind of calling your attention with this sound of the universe. I don't know how accurate it is and if it is indeed the sound of the universe, but and that's what I was told. Uh, by the way, since then, since the CD was called Staying Healthy in a Stressful World, since then, I, even though the content of the CD is still, I believe, uh, applicable and right, I don't believe uh, that the world is stressful or not stressful. Uh, the world is, and things always happen throughout history, good things and bad things. It's our interpretation of what is makes us stressed or not. Anyway, um, I can take your calls, thankfully, now, uh, and the telephone is 888-874-4888. I will absolutely welcome your calls anytime, please. I will be talking. I cannot just sit quietly. I don't have a guest. Uh, so I will continue talking on various subjects. But as soon as you call, I will take your calls. And you know that you can call with any question. My specialty is mind-body integrative therapy. I work with people who deal with emotional challenges, depression, anxiety, relationship issues. and But I also work with people um, who have cancer uh, and many serious physical illnesses, dealing with uh, the immune system, understanding the meaning of, of the problem and so on. So you're welcome to call those of you who have been with me for a long time and my show is being uh, out there almost for two years. They know uh, what I do. And if you're interested in hearing a whole introduction about my work, you can go to the very first show on December 1st, 2020, and I give a full introduction all, to all these uh, aspects of my work. Anyway, uh, yes, you also, if you cannot call for whatever reason, uh, you can also send me an email. I've been receiving a lot of emails lately. Uh, 
and thankfully they're short enough. You can I can quickly read them. Um, my email is drpeterresnik at gmail.com. D-R-P-E-T-E-R-R-E-Z-N as Nancy, I-K at gmail.com. Let's start first with show and tell. Uh, I received this cute uh, emails uh, with different jokes from from my friends, but I think this one I got uh, off uh, my Facebook with Morgan Freeman. I love this actor. He is not just an actor; he's just a very wise person. Uh, and I read here he he said something. Funny thing about getting older. Every uh, your eyesight starts getting weaker but your ability to see through people's bullshit gets much better. I love it. Uh, Probably, my dear audience, you are mature. I know that my listeners are middle-aged people. So you see what's going on around you and understand and probably know and, and agree with Morgan Freeman. There is a lot of bullshit, and you probably can see it. I just cannot. I promised my son that I will not talk politics, but I cannot help myself. I have to mention it's like really a hilarious story and tragic story at the same time. What happened uh, with Martha's Vineyard, the governor of uh, Florida, <laughs> made a brilliant move, you know. Those who don't care about having borders, secure borders in this country, and welcoming all the immigrants, anybody who wants to enter the United States, uh, are all all living uh, life of of this righteous indignation. How can these people from Florida, from Texas, not welcome these poor suffering people? So he put. 50 people in a bus and send them to Martha's Vineyard. And and they just send them out in 44 hours, uh, helping call the National Guard. So that's that's the true face. Uh, I think I think that just Barack Obama with his 30 acres mention could accommodate 50 people, you know, if he would just offer five, 10 acres of his land and they would build tents and then would build a nice condominium for these people and let them stay there if they're all so welcoming. And it's a very, very liberal state, Massachusetts. So if I were governor of one of those border states, I would just have trains and trains and planes of people flying to Massachusetts and to to New York. Yeah, I live in New York and it probably would be challenging, but why isn't it challenging to people, working people, hardworking people in small towns around, uh, around Texas and, and Florida? It's so, so unfair. Anyway, I, I made my I, I told my piece. I uh, let let's move on. Uh, it's just in, incredible how hypocritical so many people are. It's it's amazing. Nancy Pelosi and 
Maxine Waters, all talking about poor people and being so concerned, and yet they live in gated communities in multi-million dollar mansions. Uh, anyway, I, I received another kind of a joke. Uh, I think it's through my email. This is five tips for a woman. Number one, it's important that a man helps you around the house and has a job. Number two, it's important that a man makes you laugh. Number three, it's important to find a man you can count on and who doesn't lie to you. Number four, it's important that a man loves you and spoils you. Number five, it's important that these three, these four men don't know about each other. That's of course, it's a joke, but I kind of found it funny. Uh, but it kind of gives us an introduction to something else that at least I want to acknowledge. It's I didn't plan to talk on this subject, but um, somebody wrote to me an email asking me to talk about relationships, which, which reminds me of another joke. <clears throat> and that's now from my head. It's an, an old joke. Uh, there, is, there is a robbery in progress in the bank the guys are in masks with guns all customers are frozen in fear suddenly a mask falls falls off one robber's face he walks over to a man and says did you see my face the guy says yeah i did boom he kills the guy so then he walks over to a couple and asks the man did you see my face the man says no, sir, absolutely not. But my wife did. Uh, of course, it's a joke, but uh, but I this is a, a joke sometimes that I tell in my classes for relationships, um, saying, "Listen, it's very tragic if people get together. Usually, when they get married, they get together, they in love, they're in lust, or whatever, and then something happens, and they begin to move apart." And unfortunately, sometimes people still stay in a relationship, even though they want to kill the other person. So how does it happen? Uh, so I, I received this email and then wrote to me, you have been promising to talk about relationships for over a year. Speak uh, about how to make a relationship easy or it's never easy. Every rela relationship I have been in was difficult. Well, man, I have to tell you, I wish you called. Maybe you still can call today. And I could ask you some questions because it's too general. Relationships are difficult. I need to know what is the context within which they are difficult. But let me give you at least a couple uh, of thoughts. And I think it's time. Maybe uh, next time I will talk, uh, I will dedicate the whole show to talking about relationships. Frankly, I could dedicate two shows or three shows. It's a huge material. And in fact, I, I taught many times a course making your relationships work, which is 12 weeks. So two hours each class, so it's 24 hours. But I could make a short version of it and, and maybe speak for an hour or two on relationships. But just a couple of things before I go, because I promised you guys that I will finish the subject on gossip today. 
But again, I am waiting for your calls. I will take a call if you call. Uh, just to remember, people have different temperaments uh, that requires different, each temperament requires different kind of communication. If, if people speak different languages, like if I now, если я начну говорить по-русски, вам будет тяжело понимать то, что я говорю, right? So did you understand what I said? No, of course, I spoke in Russian. So unless you speak Russian, you did not understand what I said. And it's exactly what happens when a couple, uh, one person, <clears throat> excuse me, is one temperament, uh, and they like, let's say, details, uh, they go into little details about what happened, and, and they want your attention, and they want you to hear, and they want you uh, to speak and tell them about what happened, and, and they want to pour their heart out. And you let, for, for example, like it's short, quick, to the point, you don't have patience. So it doesn't work. So there are ways to work it out, but you have to be aware that most of the time, the way a person is, is not because they try to be a pain in the ass, they, they try to get you, but because it's their way. I wrote about it in my book, um, face reading secrets for successful relationships about different temperaments, how to recognize your temperament and the temperament of your partner. But that's, that's, you can learn, but that's not, it's just one element. Also, it's important to know that women and men have different needs. Uh, I did a survey, uh, when I just started teaching, maybe 15, if not more, years ago, this course for about relationships, I did a survey about what men need, what women need, uh, what women need from men and men need from women. And it's really dif different. Uh, it, no matter what uh, some say, you know, men and, and women are the same, that's nonsense. That's, you know from 1960s to 1990s, maybe it was a trend and people tried to make, to convince each other they have the same needs. It's absolute, absolute nonsense. Uh, there is human nature and it's much, uh, much more powerful than any social or political movement. So here, what, what I, I learned, uh, a man needs from a woman one, the man needs to know that a woman cares about him. Meaning, uh, if, if a man goes on a trip and the woman prepares his suitcase, if that's what he likes, if, you know, some men don't like anybody helping them. But in any possible way, a man needs to know that a woman really is on his side. Uh, in a way, it's neediness, but that's what men need. The second thing, uh, a man needs to know that physically a woman prepares herself for him. Physically, I'm talking about sexually. Uh, unfortunately, in this society, very often, when men and women live for, for a while together, for a long time, uh, they dress up for the outside. A woman gets perky and beautiful, uh, when they go out and in the home, they, they may not, not all, of course, 
not take great care of themselves or a woman will sit with the door open in the, to the bathroom and talk to him and then expect to be, you know, to be romanced and sexy and, and desired. That's a big mistake. So there must be privacy. A woman needs to be a mystery and excited, exciting all the time. And so uh, that's that's biological. And finally, the third thing, uh, a man needs to know that his woman is not his uh, guard, prison guard, so that he can go free. That's a that's a big controversial issue. Whenever I talk about it during the workshops, women say, what? He can go anywhere he wants to? Yes. Again, it's biological. It's ingrained in the psyche of of men from the time when they were hunters. They need to go and get the game. They need to go and do pursue their goals uh, and feel that they're free. Sometimes get together with their friends, sometimes do whatever they want to do. And when they feel they're free, they always want, assuming there is love in the relationship, they always want to get, get back to his home, to their home. But when a man feels that every word he says is, is questioned and, and uh, every time he goes out of the house, where do you go? What, where were you? What did you do? Uh, they feel like prisoners. And when they feel like prisoners, they want to get away. So the way to keep a man in is to let him go out. Um, but the man, a woman needs from a man something different. Again, it's I did not make it up. I told a, man, uh, a result of surveys that I did. Uh, number one, a woman needs to to have a man who she is proud of. That she feels that he is. It doesn't mean that he is above her, but that he has meaning in his life and he's pursuing his meaning and she feels good about him having something that um, that guides him in life. It doesn't mean that she may not have a meaning or doesn't have to have meaning. She does, but it's different. Uh, it's very, again, it's very important that she, uh, I, I know that some people will not like this, uh, that she looks up to him. Uh, that's number one. Number two, a woman needs to know that she is number one. Number one, not his friends, uh, not the children, not his mother, but she is number one, which means if she calls him, he drops everything and he is there for her. And number three, a woman needs to feel safe. Uh, and that is, she feels safe with the man when there are two things present. One is that she can trust him. She can trust his word, that the man's word is a law. She can rely on him. And uh, number two is that she will not be attacked, that she's safe, and that he will accept and forgive her, her idiosyncrasies. He will say, what idiosyncrasies? Yes. A woman may have moods and it's okay for men to accept that she is not in that mood and, and still love her and forgive her sometimes for going crazy. You will, somebody will say, ah, you're calling women crazy. No, 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 they're not crazy, crazy really. But 
a woman's mood goes with her menstruation. And even if, when a woman stops menstruating, still the moods follow, because for many, many years, that's how the moods followed menstruation. Going up after menstruation toward ovulation, going down from ovulation to menstruation. It changes, it's a biological process where a man has no excuse, absolutely no excuse. There are no cycles in a man's body. So a man, if a man is pissed for some reason, that's his problem. He needs to learn how to uh, deal with his feelings and act appropriately. Where a woman may sometimes burst in tears, burst in anger, and it may be about something serious and maybe about nothing, and it all has all to do with hormones. Uh, one more thing, um, when a partner is angry, uh, you, you tell me if, if your partner is angry, even if they're angry about something you did or you did not do, it, but they point out you did this. Blah, 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 blah. So you t tell me when they're angry, when they raise their voice, are they happy at that moment? Of course, you will say, no, they're angry, they're not happy. So, yeah, I tell you, uh, your, your partner, a person you love, is not in a good place. Forget about that, it's, they're pointing something about you. No, but this person is not in a good place. And you go, no, I didn't do it. Oh, you begin to tell your story, which means you're saying your story is not important. I really don't give a damn about what you feel, what you say. I have my piece of truth. No. When a person is not in a good place, even if they're accusing you in something you haven't done, the first thing you do is you acknowledge their pain. And that is you say, I'm sorry you feel this way. I'm sorry you're uncomfortable. I'm sorry you're upset. And then you don't give any justification. Possibly you hug this person. And then you say, what can I do to make it better? It doesn't mean that you will do everything they ask. But just for you to ask that question will release uh, tension or lower the tension. And then they may ask you why this and this happened, but they're willing to listen because you acknowledge their pain, their distress, whatever this distress is about. Anyway, that's just, you know, 1% <laughs> of, of what I do uh, with the workshop on relationships. But I just wanted to give this gentleman who didn't sign his name, actually, some idea and please uh, men ex explore this uh, think about uh, if anything i said could be applied in your relationship uh, the wonderful thing is that you actually wrote this email which means you came to a point in life where you say something is not working what can i do and that's a very good question to ask to start with okay and again, you are welcome to call, and I will be happy to talk to you. Uh, or you can write an email again, uh, and I will do my best next week to talk about uh, relationships more. And please, ladies and gentlemen, I need your feedback, just like every, some people write, uh, and some people I, I don't 
it's interesting because I get emails from from some people who write regularly. Uh, mm-hmm. But I know there were many, many people listen to me. I didn't hear from them. You're absolutely welcome to call and welcome to to write to me. I am still looking constantly on this um, panel, which connects me with uh, PRN. And again, at the moment you call, they will send me a, a text and I will take your call, please. This is the time because then, if not, I will start the next subject. Is there anybody? No. Okay. Let me sip my ginger tea. It became a nice, nice ritual. I drink my ginger tea only if I have a cold, which doesn't happen often, since I do Wim Hof method. Uh, and, and when I do these shows, excuse me. Oh, it feels so good. Ginger tea with lemon, a lot of lemon and organic honey. Feels fantastic. Let's go back to gossip. We started the subject already two weeks ago. I paused. Uh, I spoke about why people gossip. And let me, I spoke in greater detail. Let me go over just what I said before and then we move on. Uh, Some people gossip just to seek revenge. The other one uh, to spread social information, then uh, to comment uh, on some place or group. Uh, Another reason to warn other people, then to bond with other people (laughs) at the expense of somebody else. Another reason people gossip uh, is it's a manipulation kind of tactic. then also to feel superior to others. That is when they put somebody down, it makes them feel good. It's kind of false path to self-grandiosity and self-approval, which, which really leads to, to low view of yourself. It's, it, it, there is such a term in psychology called as an imposter phenomenon. You put other people down, you make yourself feel good, but deep inside, you know, it's all garbage. It's all not true. So deep inside, you feel more and more inferior, the more you put other people down and and go and make yourself great. Uh, another reason people gossip is just to relieve boredom. And finally, when they're envious, uh, all of these are not not so great. Uh, what a story comes to my mind about, by the way, gossiping. Uh, uh, a woman. It, it was told by uh, my rabbi who told me that one of the people in congregation told him the story. So um, she was in the bus, uh, and there were four women, young women, like in their early 20s, speaking about some woman, young woman who was getting married. And they were giggling and the woman started listening because uh, it was obvious that they were speaking about the uh, bride-to-be. And they were pouring so much dirt and saying bad things about her, criticizing her appearance, her integrity 
uh, her honesty, everything. And so this woman got up and said to them, I'm sorry for interrupting you. Uh, I am so, so grateful uh, that you uh, spoke about it. Uh, you know, the, you mentioned the name and I know this is uh, a young woman that my nephew is to get to marry. Uh, and we didn't know that she was such a such a fake uh, person. And remember, this is a, a religious community, so people don't date for a long time. They they meet, they get to know each other. They don't sleep together. They don't live together. They just spend some time, you know, maybe a month, two months, and then if they are spiritual and emotionally and mentally together, if they are vision of life is the same they get in, engaged or get married right away so so this woman says to them you know this is my nephew to be married and it would be such a horrific mistake thank you so much i overheard this i will go home tell my sister and and call off the wedding and the girl started suddenly screaming, no, no, no one started crying. Please don't. We, we were just making it up. We were just gossiping. We were just, it's all not true. She's a wonderful person. They went on and on and on apologizing and saying, no, please don't, don't ruin the wedding. There were so many wonderful qualities about her and, and started listing all the things that she did in her life and how kind she was so how loving and so this woman then said listen i just made it up this is not my nephew but think of what you were doing if you know indeed that this woman is so nice why did you pour filth on her when you know so many good qualities also she has. Why to speak about bad stuff? And of course, they were very embarrassed. And the woman was happy that she taught them the lesson. And then she told this to my rabbi and or he told me. Uh, so that's that's the result of gossip. When, when you speak, you don't know what the consequences would be. You really don't know. In fact, another story comes to my mind. There's also like a, a, a different rabbi story, but that's kind of a classic story, and I don't know if it's true. Uh, but the story was told, so I tell you, uh, one time uh, a man, a, a, a member of congregation, came to the rabbi and said, "You know, I, I gossiped. I said bad things about a couple of people, and they're not such bad people, but I was angry." And now I feel bad. New Year is coming up and I feel guilty um, because I really said bad things about them. Uh, what can I do? And the rabbi said, you know, what you can do is uh, come next day with a pillow. Hmm? The guy did it. A guy came with a pillow. And so the rabbi took him on a high floor and then they went on the um, roof of the building. So the rabbi took out a knife, made a cut, and said to the man, um, let the feathers out. And the man did it, you know, he let the feathers out, and the feathers spread all over, you imagine, from high, tall building. And then the man said, no, 
And the rabbi said, okay, now I want you to go and get all the feathers into the pillow. And I answered, this is impossible. And so the rabbi said, well, that's what happens with gossip. You never know where the feathers, where the poison will land and how, what impact it will have on people and how you can ever correct it. So you need to be very careful when you talk about other people. So what do you do about people who gossip? You are not gossiping, but you hear gossip. Uh, if the gossip is negative and derogatory, it can be tempting. Uh, you can get caught in the excitement of the conspiracy aspect of gossiping. You know, only you and this person knows. Oh, you are discovering it. In, instead of fueling this negativity, negative gossip, consider the following. You ask yourself, when you hear and you know it's gossip, you know somebody is talking about somebody else, and, we, and, and it's negative stuff. Ask yourself, what is the purpose of what this person is saying? Establishing the purpose of gossip is the first step. Then, then you ask yourself, is it possibly true or is it false? Ask yourself, is it true or false? The gossip could relate to a person you know well. Don't forget, you're not a passive audience to a gossiper. You can ask questions. Do some probing. Where did the incident take place? What time and day did it happen? Who were they with? Do some detective work if the story doesn't add up. If you have decided that that gossip uh, is positive and helpful, uh, it's still gossip, uh, but some people don't feel that it's a bad thing. Uh, it, sometimes people feel it's uh, important information you heard and you need to pass to other people. Again, from, from spiritual um, perspective, any kind of gossip is negative. Anytime you speak about other people, uh, it's a negative thing. And of course, uh, in, a, in the Bible, there is a, definitely a story. It's considered a big, big scene. And in the Bible, uh, Miriam, the sister of Moses, a very holy woman, the woman who saved his life, and her brother, the older brother Aaron, they are talking and, they, and Miriam says a negative thing, that her brother is so involved with, the, with, the, with all the community that he doesn't sleep with his wife. And at that moment, and it's the only moment from what I know, uh, God speaks to them directly and admonishes them. And Miriam gets leprosy. Oh, at that time, it was called leprosy. Uh, but it's basically a skin disorder that uh, makes her stay out of the camp for seven days. And of course, because she has this uh, affliction, it's obvious that God somehow 
punished. So it's it's an embarrassing thing and it's an unpleasant thing. But if Miriam is punished for gossiping, can you imagine? We're all paying the price, even though uh, we may not know about it. Any, there is a principle in Judaism called Lushon Hara, evil tongue. Anytime you use evil tongue, you speak about badly about other people, or you speak inappropriately, you pay the price. I, I, now something else came to my mind I want to share with you. Uh, since I'm talking about evil tongue, uh, some a month ago, I, I go to synagogue with, a, uh, and we, I go with a very good friend of mine, Alex, and he's very appropriate, uh, meaning he he it's not a joke for him. He's devoted and in prayer and uh, probably more much more observant than I am. Uh, and, you know, he's a guy like me, a little younger, a few age, years younger. We're both from Ukraine. So we make jokes. We, we tell uh, sometimes dirty jokes, you know. <laughs> and, and one time, like a, um, maybe a month, a month and a half ago, we were in a synagogue where we were praying that there was a little interlude and a joke, stupid joke came to my mind. And I tell him the joke. And he goes, you know, I love you, Peter. You're my friend. But I have to tell you, you know, this is not a good place to tell these jokes. We can joke outside, not here. That's not the purpose. Okay. So next week, again, this is crazy. Remember, I'm 68 years old. I should be smarter. But next week, again, on Saturday, we're in the synagogue. And again, a joke comes to my mind, and I start telling him. And he says, Peter, <laughs> I told you once, it's not a good idea. And I, I say, okay, okay. I think it was two times in a row, and maybe even three times. I think there was a third time. I Again, even the same day, I say it. He says, oops. <laughs> I say, listen, it's like an addiction. I have suddenly all these jokes come to my mind. So I said these things, and then the... the uh, Saturday, the uh, weekend was over, and I uh, decided to. Uh, we have this beautiful front yard and the backyard, um, a large, really lawn, and it wasn't taken care of. So I, I decided to take it upon myself. I bought a lawnmower and, and I mowed the lawn and I cleaned the brush and so on, so on. And guess what? I did not notice, and I there was poison ivy and I come home in the evening and I'm all covered with this blisters really my whole body is burning it's so uncomfortable and I and I call my friend Alex and I said to him listen I, I'm so uncomfortable do you know any cream I have this poison ivy and he says Peter I'm sorry that it happened to you and they are so uncomfortable I just want to bring to your attention do you realize you were doing a good thing? So how come that the bad things happened to you when you were mowing the lawn for the for the for the congregation? He said, "But remember, I was telling you this is evil tongue in a holy place." And I started laughing. This is an example of where you know pain is inevitable, but but. 
suffering is optional. So I was in pain or in great discomfort with this leprosy, with this, with this skin irritation, but I was happy. I was saying, thank you, God, thank you. You know, what a lesson, you know. It's, if something happens when you make this, some serious mistake and something happens right away, usually, you know, it's God loves you because you are taught a lesson right away and you can, you can see it clearly. So it took me, honestly, like three weeks. It's just last week I wasn't teaching. I even had to go to see a doctor because I tried imager, I tried different creams, nothing was really helping. Uh, and I had to go on steroids uh, for, for a week. It was not pleasant, but what a lesson, what a lesson. So, you know, I said I'm 68 years old, so I should know better. And if I didn't, there is a lesson. So I am happy, actually, that it happened. So uh, that's, that's my story with evil tongue, uh, Lushon Hara. But let's go back to gossip. Uh, if someone telling you uh, something nasty about another person, what should you do? One thing is you challenge the subject. Politely say that you don't want to talk about people behind their back. Um, because, because let's say there are always two stories, two sides of the story. So you don't want to discuss it without this person being there. The other way you confront the gossiper, ask the gossiper outright why they're talking about this person in such a derogatory way. Another way is you, you speak up on behalf of that person or ignore it. Don't take part in gossiping. And for sure, don't spread what you were told. Uh, why? Now, now I, I am telling you what to do, but what can it do to you if somebody is gossiping? But what can it do to you if you are the gossiper, if you are spreading rumors or, or speak about another person? Number one is your reputation. Uh, because it can ruin the other person's reputation if you talk about the other person, but it can also ruin your reputation. You understand? Because you will be perceived as a person who speaks about other people. Number two is you, you can get in trouble by gossiping. Spreading gossip can really offend people. And as a result, uh, you can be confronted uh, and you can be embarrassed in front of other people, or you can be sued, and you may it may take you a lot. Of, you may have to pay a lot of money if it's serious problem. For example, and, and, and again, I don't know if yeah yeah actually yeah it's called what is it called defamation of the character yeah people sue for for. Um, spreading the rumors about somebody. Yeah, so you have to watch. Then people also lose faith in you. Uh, once you are pinpointed as a person behind the gossip, people will start pulling away from you. Not only will they not trust their secrets to you, but they will start wondering what other bad qualities you have. For example, if you love to gossip, 
uh, are you also fake with people when you talk to them? Do you lie or exaggerate to make stories, uh, to make gossip more interesting? Uh, then another problem with gossiping, you can really hurt someone. You, you may not mean, just like remember I told you the story about a woman who interfered when young women were gossiping about her. They did not intend, it was, I don't know, maybe it was for fun, maybe it's kind of inclination to speak about another person. It feels good. But they could really, if, if this woman was really the end of this guy and she would not speak up, just walk away and carry this information, they, they could destroy possibly a happy and healthy marriage. You may not mean to hurt uh, some people and they get hurt. It can do irreversible damage. Plus, whatever you're gossiping about could be really, a really sensitive and personal issue for someone. And uh, people can kill themselves, commit suicide. That also happens, and you know, they spoke about, about it on television. Some tragedies happened when, when somebody was uh, spoken about as, as uh, being dishonest or being in a relationship, in two relationships at the same time. I, I don't remember now when it happened, and again, it's gossip. Uh, it's on. Oh, it was on television, kind of. Uh, that that it was actually false information, but uh, there was a huge, huge uh, conflict, and and the family of uh, a young woman sued actually another young woman who was spreading gossips about uh, about their daughter, and she attempted to commit suicide. Um, another reason not to gossip is when you gossip it's it's not good it's not a good thing that you're doing so you you have negative energy that you're sending out into the universe uh, and as a result some people may want to be away stay away from you because because you are being negative so it's not gossiping is not good for you it's not good for anyone uh, and as i said from spiritual perspective it is a big sin. It's, it, there are two things in the whole Bible that are um, outlined as, as being super important. One, the negative, one positive. The negative is gossiping. And the positive, of course, humility. Being humble. Uh, I know that, that in this culture, it's very important what they call to put your best foot forward, which I think is a very strange and kind of unhealthy, uh, unhealthy uh, proverb, because what do you do with your not best foot, which means you, you put on a mask, you portray yourself as being super special, uh, super interesting, uh, you show only best of yourself. And then what happens? So let's say you um, seduced someone to be uh, to be in relationship with you because you only 
demonstrate, to speak about your, your greatness, you show only the best food, only the best of yourself. And then, so they fall in love with that person, but that's not who you are. That's not the totality of who you are. You were just performing to accomplish a goal. And then when they're with you, they feel disappointed or betrayed. So don't put your best foot forward. Don't put your worst foot forward. Be you. Act in the moment. Be the best you can be in the moment. But not the best to perform, but be, be you. Allow yourself to speak, to act in the way you act and speak with, with your sister, with your brother. Not, not acting to uh, uh, what word would be right to uh, yeah, seduce. Yeah, it's it's seduction. Seduce a person in like liking you. Seduce a person in wanting to be with you because there is always a, a price to pay. Anyway, I uh, it's already. 249, 250, uh, nobody calls. Uh, I don't know why. I, I was hoping for, for a long time that they will repair this um, problem with the station, with the, the studio, that people will want to call. I don't know why nobody is calling, but let's uh, hope next time people will. Uh, let me then move to some other subject. Um, Remember, we're still, I'm still dealing, God, it's been now more over the, a year that I've been speaking about the six pillars of well-being. And we covered the first four pillars probably in the first three or four months. And now on the fifth pillar, our um, attitudes, conscious attitudes uh, and character traits we've been working on for a year. And I hope, you know, those of you who were listening participated and, and uh, did the assignments and worked on some qualities. Of course, not everybody is greedy. We spoke about greed. Or not everybody is judgmental, although I know many people are. Uh, not all, everybody worries all the time. And we spoke about worry. But um, all these subjects, all, all these um, challenges or... or I call them plagues in the past. Uh, they are real, and a lot of people deal with them. And I provide you with the tools on how to overcome every one of them. And that does not in any way mean that I am the master. That's why I call myself a teacher, because I did not um, master all the things that I teach. Now I have a caller, caller Gina. I, I think it's my old friend Gina. She called already. Gina, welcome. You're on the air. Oh, good afternoon. I've been listening to you, and uh, and I said he said I have to call. I don't want to be I don't want to be a pest or anything, or you know, and just, But I said I have to call because I <laughs> I don't want to hold back. I um I hope you're doing well. I'm doing fine. The weather's gorgeous here. We're in the same state. I uh, have a little bit of insight to you if you ever. Um, Please. Ever have to contact with poison ivy, get a Clorox right away and dab it on there, and it will, it will stop it in its tracks. You said Clorox? 
Yes, Clorox. Uh-huh. Oh, I never thought about it. Oh, God, yeah, yes, I really was comfortable. Oh. It works, something. It works. Believe me, I, I, I live uh, in it. I live where I have a lot of poison ivy. Actually, isn't it grows around me prolifically? I try to get rid of it, but it keeps coming back. And every yeah. once in a while, I get it, and it, um, I put a little dab of Clorox, and it stops the itch within a few minutes. And yeah, so but you have to do it, you know, right away. So yeah. that's yeah. just for the future. I don't know if you ever, you know, yeah. you'll be in that environment again. Yeah. Do you mix it with water, or you just go straight? No, no. Just take like a, just take either a cotton, cotton uh-huh. or um, a little, um, you know, a little ear, ear swab or something with cotton. Just lightly, you don't have to, you know, uh, drown, drown your skin. Just slightly dab it. Just slightly dab it, and then uh, it. It, Thank you so much. I wish I, I wish I knew. <laughs> I wish I knew. Well, I hope I will not get it again. Now I, I well, learned my lesson. As I said, it was a spiritual lesson for the right, I felt time. compelled to say it because I, you know, suppose you suppose you, I don't. You take a trip somewhere and you're in the wooded area or something, and you come across it. You never know in the future. It's not that you know you knowingly get it, but you never know. Sometimes you brush against something and a leaf or something, and it's you don't know it's poison ivy. It's even also poison zumac and poison oak, also, you know. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah poison oak. I don't yeah. even know if it's poison oak we have there or poison ivy. I don't even know which part, like there was so much brush, I don't know even where it happened. Yeah, you, you really you really got a good dose of it. <laughs> yeah, you, you know, I would probably need it. A gallon of <laughs> of Clorox because my whole body was covered, whole body, nose, legs, from inside, outside, arms, back. <laughs> I was like a lobster. <laughs> well, if you had, if you had, if you had known about this then, and you had someone to just take, you know, maybe a face cloth or something and just wipe you down, it would yeah. probably save a lot of, of, of uh, you know, misery. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Well, I, you know, I, I, I accepted it. You know, I, I accept, once I accepted that it was, I don't believe it's punishment. I believe it's kind of, I don't believe in the punishing God sitting with the with the whip. It's just I believe that somehow it, uh, the, the the universe is is built oh, yeah. in such a way that we are to learn our lessons, and I, they come from nature or from other people. So. I, I accepted. I accepted it. That's why I was in a good mood, even though I was very uncomfortable physically. Mm-hmm. Gina, I, you you absolutely well. I the the show is almost at the end. I'm I so. I know. I just wanted to get in at the end. <laughs> yeah, you know, I'm so happy you called. Sometimes you know, well, when you please, several could people. Could you please call. tell me where to write? I, just quickly, if you could please tell me where to write, and um, because I don't have internet, so I don't can't send uh, all the things I can do is send text, but. I don't know where to write or um, a telephone number to send a text. You you can write to, look, do you have a pen? Mm-hmm. You have a pen to write down? Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. D-R for doctor, D-R. Then the name, mm-hmm. name Peter, D-R-P-E-R. Now another R, E. Z as zebra, N as Nancy, I K, Dr. Peter Resnick. Yeah, I have that. Mm-hmm. At gmail.com. Yeah, absolutely. Oh. Please write. You can ask a oh. question. 
and I will talk the following week, try to answer the question. And everybody, please. Uh, yeah. Look, Jim, uh, no way. Is there any way texting? Because I don't have internet. Yes, you can text me at 973-572-9972. You know, I talk, oh. uh, uh, you know, and, and they give me information of how many people uh, listen to me. Uh, but then from while I'm talking, I doubt if nobody calls. Is there anybody listening? <laughs> anyway, Gina, thank you very much for calling. I have thank to wrap up because... My okay. time I'm listening Thank every week. You. At least you know I'm listening every week. Bye-bye. <laughs> okay, bye-bye. Bye. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, my time is up. Uh, I have only two and a half minutes left. They send me messages already. Uh, thank you for being with me. Again, uh, if you have any questions, prepare them for the next show, Tuesday, uh, at 2 p.m., I will be happy to answer your calls. But if you are not comfortable, if you are shy, or for whatever reason cannot call, you can text me, as you heard my number, and you can email me. I wish you all well. Um, be happy and peace to all who want to live in peace.